0: If you weren't combat veteran, you feel like you're a fraud for saying, Hey, this was you know, this affected me a lot.
1: Welcome to the Lamp Podcast, where we are shining a light on the stories of caregivers. Hey, welcome back to The Lamp Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Labrie. A lot of times on this podcast, people talk about things that are or were traumatic that happened to them. And one thing I've learned about trauma over the years is that I think sometimes in movies or media, people show a traumatic event. And then they might show how people triumphed over it. Or they might show somebody coming to grips with a traumatic event that happened to them in the past. But it, you know, movies and and media are often giving you like a picture of a moment in time, a snapshot of somebody's life, the story has a beginning and end that is in that you know, whatever that time period is. And, and I don't know, maybe it leads people to believe that like when something traumatic happens to you, if you get like therapy or treatment, you kind of recover or you get over it or you get, you know, past it. All of these kinds of words that people use. What I've come to learn over time is that trauma isn't something that, like, you get over or get past. I think um, it's something that comes up periodically. People who've been through trauma might just be going about doing regular life things when it comes up. Somebody could say something that is completely benign to them, but puts you right back into that moment or makes you think of it hits you like a a gut punch it could be a song that you hear what is it about music that makes us immediately go straight to certain memories or certain moments in our life in a in a more like emotional and visceral way we get right there it's not like a purposeful reflection on that moment hmm where was I in the summer of, no, it's like the song comes on and you're there, you're transported there. Or maybe like a smell, you know, you smell something that takes you right back to that moment. Um, Maybe you don't even know what that smell is until you smell it, or you wouldn't even have thought of it until you smell it. And you're like, this smells just like the smell from that moment. Now, when I'm saying that you don't, Get over it or get past it. It doesn't mean that if you experience trauma, you're like ruined, tortured, miserable for the rest of your life by it. Um, but trauma is profound and it affects us deeply. And I think that, you know, as time goes on, especially if you have had therapy or come up with certain coping strategies. You kind of learn to sit in that moment more and accept it for what it is. You say, oh, yeah, this is that thing that hurt. Here it is again. Maybe you make a little space for it. I don't know. That's kind of maybe that's my experience with it. Today's story comes from a nurse friend of mine. Um, And this friend uh, chose not to use their name, Um, but they wanted to talk about their military experience as a nurse and how it profoundly changed who they were and they find themselves years later still trying to work through what happened to them. Here's her story.
0: So, um, I joined the Navy when I was in my early twenties, um, very very early 20s and within six months of joining the navy uh, 9-11 happened and i actually can remember news stories about the uh planes hitting the towers which was um it was unbelievable to me like how could that be happening and in fact none of us really understood what was happening um and we still went about our daily uh, routine until, um, until the military members um, of the floor were called and we were basically told to, to um, get ready. Um, and what that meant, uh, we didn't know. <laughs> You know, my parents, we didn't have very, I, you know, we were poor. We didn't have any money, Um, but, you know, it was expected that we would go to college because, you know, it's just, that that was just, um. that was just our culture. And that was, um, you know, what my parents have wanted, you know, we're immigrants and, you know, a way to a better life was to pursue, you know. Education. And I did not want to saddle my parents with debt, nor did I want to saddle myself with debt. So I actually entered the Navy um, via scholarship for college. And part of my payback was active duty service. So I completed that. Um, but again, you know, you're going into this in, uh, from high school uh, And you go to college, um, but you you know you you really don't have any clue what will happen and how it would affect you. I mean, I'm, there are others out there who served and are fine, or at least they say they're fine. But then you know, I think there are others like me who go through. Uh, I mean, I don't. They might not even have to deploy. Um, because you see the results, whether you were deployed or not, um, you see, you know, your fellow, um, military members coming back, um, not necessarily, I mean, a a lot of times they're physically broken. You don't even see the, the, the mental anguish or breaks they have as a result of service. So I think the medical side um, has a is is more um, is higher risk. I think of having PTSD um, and not wanting to say that they do. And it's funny because I, I think PTSD in nursing is being talked about now, but on the civilian side, um, I don't really think it is um, in the military. And, um, I think that's a disservice to service members personally. Um, it didn't, I didn't deploy immediately. Um, they, uh, It took about a year for my own deployment. And that deployment was actually very short compared to others, I believe. Um, Again, I think we were still up until this point, the military was not in wartime mode Uh, until 9-11 hit. We were more peacekeeping Um, and then we had to gear up and become what it is today. And in that ramp up, you know, they were still trying to figure out what to do with us, I think. In any case, I deployed uh, to the Gulf and I was on a ship and watching a news show, watching the, the Saddam Hussein's statue falling, falling down. And within 24 hours of that, we were, we received casualties. Um, And like I said, my deployment was very short. They had, they figured out a better way to um, provide medical care to uh, military personnel who were um, on the ground. But although it was very short, um, it really affected me um, and until now actually, because As a nurse, my whole training was really for caring uh, for people. And we didn't really, you know, even though we were in the military and, you know, in the back of our minds, we had emergency, you know, emergency department type of training. Um, In the back of our minds, it wasn't, you know, gunshot wounds, it wasn't children with, uh, injuries from um IUDs or sorry <laughs> IEDs um so yeah it was very different from you know nursing school and and really the training that I got uh, before 9/11 happened and you know we we didn't really have any training or or a way to kind of process, uh, our deployment that wasn't the you know focus of the military and understandably so, although you know if you have a, a force of a million people um, that that see things that aren't normally seen, I think it would be it would behoove the force, the military to actually have that training or not training, like have that help for personnel as they transition out. Um, And so anyway, I I was deployed for only a few months. And then um, I came back stateside and sort of resumed military life um, as I knew it. Um, But, you know, it really like I I didn't come back the same as when I as when I deployed and I'm sure um, many people uh, felt the same way. But on the flip side. I think many veterans who weren't combat veterans don't necessarily want to say that it affected them more than it should have because, you know, if you weren't combat veteran you feel like you're a fraud for saying hey this was you know this affected me a lot and i wouldn't even say this was not okay um because you know as a predominantly keeping force um and now like wartime you know it was it was very jarring so um didn't retire from the military um i I, I did my service and I, I processed out. I um I asked to be, I mean, I already finished my my required time. And then I decided that it was it was time to be a civilian and and find myself again. And so I did. And I've really it was a very hard transition and I'm still I'm still going through it as you can probably hear. Um, Mostly because I've had to deal with this on my own, um, and it's not something that I ever actually really even talked about uh, to others. <laughs> I probably thought I wouldn't cry, so excuse me. But but yes, so you know, there there really isn't like a a way for anybody to leave the military to actually go through. Uh, To I get I I guess a a way to rewrite your perspective. Um, So yeah, it's been a little bit of a difficult journey, Um, and I think the biggest um, oh my gosh Lisa, (laughs) I think the biggest um, the biggest help for me was to say yeah it's okay, and what you're feeling is normal and fine.
1: Feel free to take a minute if you need it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I. you know, it's, it's so funny because
0: I uh, I think that I can go through it without crying. And it just, sometimes it just hits you. And that's so, uh, it's, it's sometimes very embarrassing, but you know, Like I said, part of healing was just to acknowledge that it does happen. The other funny thing is, I think, and maybe not so funny but tragic, is that I don't have these conversations with veterans. Um, And I honestly don't want to attend any of those, like, help groups that the VA um, puts out or any just any help group because, again, the imposter syndrome comes into play. I was not a combat vet. And I did not deploy for very long, so. In any case, I, I think besides you know talking it out and just really allowing myself those emotions, I think meditation has helped. I'm not very consistent um, at all, <laughs> but I think that the tenets of, of meditation have definitely helped gotten me through the worst parts. Because I can cry now and be okay with it. I couldn't cry before and be even worse. You know, like you live inside your brain um, and just let it kind of take you into this darkness. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I actually um, left the military. Um, You know, I, I did my, like I said, I did my time and decided it was time to go because. I just felt like I lost my soul, but even then, like I couldn't put a name to it and I had no way of um, even thinking about fixing myself. All I knew was I had to get myself out of the situation and I did it in increments. I first left, but I stayed in the same area. It was just hard to, I think, extricate myself in something that... that was so familiar, but I think in moving, actually moving out of the area, that kind of broke. Like I, I, like I severed something, and in severing that, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say the floodgates opened because even then, I had such control over. Like I compartmentalized so well um, that it was it was you know sl- like i slowly had to like one unlock the compartment and then you know inch by inch open it um before letting it out and like i said i it's not even letting it all out so so yeah uh, as you can tell i'm still affected by it um and i don't think i'll ever I don't think I'll ever not be affected by it. I mean, it has definitely shaped me as a person. It's, it's shaped me, my relationships. I mean, it's very, I think it's hard to really allow myself to get to know people because of that. And I couldn't explain why, Um, because it's not like I was, it's not like I had shipmates or, you know. Co- colleagues who, who you know who who were who died or who were physically harmed, um, you know I didn't I didn't see that. Um, like I said, it wasn't it didn't personally affect me, um, but it kind of did. Uh, yeah, so I think maybe because of that, you know, it's it's hard to like let your guard down. It's, it's, uh, I think it'll be a lifelong thing. I'm okay with that now. I, you know, I really try not to shut anything off anymore. I mean, my first instinct is to shut down, but I'm, I'm getting better at realizing when I do do that. Um, and I forgive myself for shutting down and then, you know, slowly letting myself be open again. There was a study that I participated in. I don't remember the study. It wasn't an interventional study as far as medications were concerned, but it really helped me give, get the tools to allow myself to heal. It just, oh, it just allowed some closure, at least, for, for deployment and the feelings of guilt I had over
1: that. Hey, thanks for listening to The Lamp Podcast. And thanks to our storyteller today for sharing her story. If you have a story that you'd like to tell and you'd like to be on The Lamp Podcast, you can go to the website at thelamp.blueberry.net. That's thelampb And you can go to the About page and submit your story to be on the show. We'll catch you on the next episode. do